it's been way too long and I really miss you. Love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Town and PTM. My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Top 5 and Deep Dives. I'm Justin. We've got Mike over in London. What is up, dude? Yo, how's it going? Good. Good. Are you um Are you furious right now? I mean, I'm I'm fast. I'm fast, that's for sure. Those are two things that go together very well. They do. They do. And that's what we're talking about today. The one and only Fast and the Furious franchise, one of the greatest franchises of all time. The highly, most profitable. highly debatable. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if you're me, if you're me, it is. Um, yeah, we're doing a Fast and Furious deep dive episode today, where we're going to talk about the franchise. We're going to. It is going to be formatted as a top five episode. We're going to rank our five favorite each Fast and Furious films out of the nine that are currently out. So the the first eight and then the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff. And of course we know Fast 9 comes out, F9 as it's officially called, comes out June 25th, at least in the States. Is that is that the same in I the UK? Think, I think so. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, yeah, June 25th, 2021, finally got postponed because of the pandemic, but uh, it's almost here. And before we get into the Fast and the Furious, speaking of the movie theater experience coming back, the first pretty big movie to bring theaters back was A Quiet Place Part 2. And so that is our spotlight this week. And we both... Took a trip to, you know, our respective theaters, Mike in London, me in me in LA. And uh and we're back. What'd you what'd you think of this one, Mike? Dude, I mean, let's just take a second. We're back in the theaters. How great is it that, you know, the big movie to get us started is a horror film that just warms my heart. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a the Saw movie was pretty big. And the conjuring is is that out or comes out? Anyway, so horror killing it right now um this movie i think i'm i think i'm a little bit below consensus like a, people seem to be really blown away by it um i thought it was oh, really, really well made wait what are, what are you hearing no i actually i almost always look at reviews just to like see what other people are thinking and i actually have not looked at reviews for this yet so i'm just yeah i'm interested to hear that yeah it's uh so I mean it's currently a ninety one on on Rotten Tomatoes ninety three audience, um I yeah so it's, I think it's a really well made film um it's definitely something that you want to see in theaters because if you've seen the first one and you really have to see the first one before watching this it's a direct mm-hmm. continuation um, but it has a lot to do with sound um, which is really cool the sound design's awesome I think for me I just I guess what I would say is this one is not as memorable for me. Like it's not going to stick with me the same way 
that the first one did. Super well constructed, smart story. Love Killian Murphy. Um, but but it's just yeah, it just it didn't blow me away in the way that the first one did. Definitely a good movie. Definitely go see it though. I'm not kidding. We have the exact same take on this movie. Wow. Like exact, exact. I, you said it all. Very solid sequel. Not going to be as memorable as the first one. Killian Murphy is an absolute boss and one of my favorite actors. And he's great here as he is always. And yeah, it's, it's, I'm surprised it has a 91. I, but it's a very solid movie. That's just very, that's like, very high rating but yeah i thought it did a really good job being like very tense throughout the film i thought the the ending which i won't say obviously i don't want to spoil it but i thought that it was it set up a third installment well but i also thought it was somewhat of an abrupt ending although like i get it but 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 yeah i don't know it was uh, i i'm not gonna say i was like over the moon on the ending i thought it was fine but like I thought the movie was great and I really liked the opening scene and that we got got some John Krasinski in our life for yes. a little bit. Agreed. Agreed. Um and a great, yeah, great theater experience. Great you, you had to see this one in the theater and it was just so nice to be back. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a great one to come back to. Yep. And the kids rocked in this, by the way. They were yes. very, they were very good in it. Um, I will. It's hard to talk about without giving away something from the first one, but I think that's fine. The, you can give away from the first one. Okay. Well, I, you know, the first one is like it's it's just scarier because one, you know, they don't have any means of fighting back, which they discover at the end of the first one. So the whole first film, they're basically just helpless to these crazy monsters, right? And they're a family and the whole family doesn't make it to the second one. Right. So the stakes are very high yes. and they let you know how fucking serious this shit is. And the second one, I'm not going to say what happens, but like you never really get that same sense that anything of that magnitude is going to happen. Yeah. I think that's definitely fair to say. Um, also, it's so funny as I'm sitting here, actually, and you were just giving that description and I was thinking about the ending. I was like, oh, the ending is actually pretty good. Um, but <laughs> but anyways, quick, quick shout yeah. out Jimin Hunsu. I didn't know he was going to yes, do the movie. Me that either. Was great. That was great. Um, yeah, that was great. But anywho, great movie. Definitely recommend checking it out in the theaters. Great way to, you know get back into the theaters and if you don't make it to that then you better go see f9 but uh right before we jump into the fast and the furious series we have to take a minute to talk a couple things patreon so we launched our patreon last week and it's been awesome so far we have a $3 tier where you get lots of bonus content and we'd be so grateful if you join become a top fiver as that tier is called and uh, yeah thanks for checking it out if you do and one of the things that you do get in that tier is you get a personal shout out on the pod and I want to give a massive shout out to our very first two 
Patreon patrons, I should say. Casey Byron, the legend herself, who was, who was the very first, and as you all know, guessed it on top five alien movies and had an absolutely legendary episode. She'll be back. Casey, thank you. We love you. We really do. And then we have the one and only dear friend of mine, roommate for about a year, Lauren Orr, who is another absolute legend. Just so supportive, by the way, of everything that I do. And I I really couldn't be more appreciative, Lauren. You are one of my... uh, you are you are just the best, truly, and and not even in LA right now. She's across the country in the Midwest, supporting from afar. Thank you so much. Big big shout out to Casey and Lauren. And if you join up, you will get a similar shout out. So thanks, guys. Let's get into Fast and Furious. Yeah, and so just to recap. This is going to be a deep dive. We're going to give you our top fives from the nine current films, uh, the eight plus spinoff. Um, and then any, you know, we're trying to give you a full breakdown of the series to get you ready for F9. So any films that don't come up, if there are any, we might cover all of them between our two lists. But any that don't come up, we'll just hit at the end um, and talk about so that we hit every film. Perfect. Who's first? You? I think it's me today. Let's go. All right. All right. This this is about, I can tell things are about to get contentious. Yes. Yes, they are. My number five is 2017's The Fate of the Furious. Okay. So before you continue, (laughs) I just want you to know that Fate of the Furious is my absolute lowest ranked film. (laughs) You... You, I don't even have words for you. Oh my god, this is hilarious! Worst film by far. In the you are a nut job. Considerably worse than Hobbs and Shaw. That's you. Okay, 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 okay. I'm taking a couple deep breaths. I need to take a couple deep breaths. The fact that you just said that, I don't even know if we can finish this podcast. I don't know if I can keep going. (laughs) I don't know if I can keep going. Hobbs and Shaw is a literal piece of dog shit. Worst one by far, not even close to anything else. It should not even be a part of the franchise. Tell me about 2017's Fate of the Furious. (sighs) Okay. Because it's just not good. Usa, Usa. Okay. (laughs) Let me tell you about Fate of the Furious. So, first film, of course, without our beloved Paul Walker. May he rest in peace. So sad. So, Fate of the Furious, you know, for everyone that hasn't seen it or that's a little bit hazy on their Fast and Furious knowledge, Dom and Letty are now down in Cuba. And Charlize Theron is the villain in this. And she recruits Dom to essentially become a bad guy, one of her henchmen. And the rest of the team has to stop them. And of course are trying to figure out like, why is Dom bad? And it turns out that Charlize had kidnapped Elena, 
who is, you know, was Dom's other love interest for a moment when we thought Letty was dead in one of the other films. Turns out that she had a child and it was Dom's child. And so Charlize is holding Elena and the child. And I just, I, I remember seeing this in theaters and being blown away by the fact that, and, and Paul Walker, like Paul Walker was by far for me. I know a lot of people love Dom, love Vin Diesel's character the most, or like have a, you know, another favorite. There's a lot of great characters from the very first Fast and the Furious. Brian O'Connor, Paul Walker's character was by far my favorite. And it's like, besides him dying in real life being such a massive tragedy, I did not know if they could still be great without him in it. And this one really was a pleasant surprise for me. I thought Charlize Theron, who's such a great actress and like one of my, like someone that I like a lot of her roles. I also don't typically like call out roles of hers, like being like, Oh my God, I loved that role. And I thought she crushed it as the villain in this. I I thought she was great after the rock being a bit sidelined in seven. I thought that he was also great in this. He had a lot, a big, you know, a big part of the plot. The team all was awesome in this. There were some great action sequences as there always are. And of course, so many ridiculous lines as always that make us laugh. The ridiculousness is, is next level. I just, it's so much fun. I'm, I'm, very surprised by how good I think this one is, but it's, it is, it's, it's fun and it deserves to be there. And that's why it sneaks on my top five. And also, wait, I need to call it one more thing. Statham in this is amazing. He with the baby on the airplane is next fucking level steals the fucking show with that scene. I I do want to just say up front, I love how much of a fast apologist you are. Uh, it's it's great, and I'm glad you're here to oh get the people hyped hyped for F F nine. You fucking, uh, you are something. Let me tell you, this movie is well. What's interesting about this movie is that things happen, uh, and they literally I have no idea what happens, why it happens, how it happens. This just completely abandons everything you'd ever know about storytelling in films just does silly shit for like way too long and it could not be further divorced like remember road wars those were the good old days back in the first one this is what is this movie i don't even understand jason statham is an international murderer i don't understand why i'm rooting for him at all what's charlize's motivation we don't know it doesn't matter reasons and stuff and the, the plot of like the last four films in this franchise is oh there was a secret brother a secret sister a secret baby uh <laughs> brewster is pregnant again it's just one family member after another gets kidnapped then they fight international terrorists with cars something about russia submarines i don't even what is this piece of garbage this bro 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 like, what is this thing i thought you liked over the top action movies who are you this is this is these recent films are the definition of over-the-top action films. I'm sitting there cackling, laughing at the ridiculous of it, 
ness of it of every time that Dom talks about family being everything, every time Dom asks for a Corona, it's just it's too good. I just fucking love it. Here's the thing. The like when they take it's not this movie, but like when they take cars and they drop them out of an airplane and they like land on the road and you're like, okay, that could obviously never happen. That's fun. That's where like the ridiculousness is fun. And I'm totally with you, right? But when the ridiculousness takes away from like building any story or any character development or any actual drama because like you know that they can like there's no consequences to anything going on, that's that's when it loses me. Like the first one with Statham where they just crash cars into each other head on and you're like, oh no, this must be devastating. I'm like, nope, they just walk away. It's not even an important part. You're just wasting time. This, this fucking guy. He can't even, he can't suspend his disbelief. He just can't do it. It's not even entertaining. I don't even seriously, what what is Charlize doing in this film? Honestly. Oh what is, what's her motivation? Seriously. <laughs> Why? You know that you know that I had a long night last night. I can't fucking I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Point proven. There you go. Fate of the Fierce. That is just so funny. It's literally my lowest ranked film. That's so funny. Um I, I actually oh, okay. truly am hurt inside and I feel like you did it just purposely because you know I don't like Hobbs and Shaw. I don't understand how you could possibly think Hobbs and Shaw is a better movie than this. To Hobbs be fair, and Shaw Hobbs and Shaw is my second worst. It's 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 right there. It is truly despicable. That it's even Wait. associated with the franchise. So knowing that Hobbs and Shaw is not going to be any of our lists, should we just talk about it right now? Yes, it is okay. fucking. I rewatched it. I tried to go in with an open mind. It's fucking terrible. Okay, so much like Fate of the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, if you actually consider it within the bounds of the franchise, it is the most shameless, silliest money grab of any film, possibly besides Fate of the Furious. You are a nut. Can I tell you why there's no, you cannot even compare the two. Can I tell you? Uh, sure. Because there's a difference. Fate of the Furious, as outrageous as it may be, it's right in line with the, with the past few in agreed. what they're doing. I completely agreed. And Hobbs and Shaw, it's not the same tone. Yes, the last few fasts have been more silly and a little bit more comic booky, but the tone of the literal banter and everything, it is a level lower in Hobbs and Shaw. It's like even the whole thing with like Ryan Reynolds and the uh, and the the British like guy that they keep, you know, the the ridiculous sort of like very silly banter where they're trying to be funny. And it's like the whole thing is like trying to crack these little jokes, the whole movie. And it's like the rock. This is my biggest issue. Statham acts actually like Shaw. Like he acts like Deckard Shaw in the movie for the most part. The rock does not act like Hobbs has. Yeah. He does not act like Hobbs has acted in fast five, six, seven or eight in those movies. He's a fucking stone cold badass who, yes, he has his outrageous lines, but like he he has a code like he is a fucking cop through and through. Like, yes, he, of course, learns to befriend and trust some criminals, but it's like he's a badass. And it's like in this. Yes, I know. Of course, you're going to 
you're going to see another a bit of more of a side because the movie's about him. But he turns in this movie, in my opinion, into The Rock in every PG or PG-13 movie that The Rock is in these days. These This sort of very silly trying to make a like a joke line with every line. But it's like Hobbs never would have fucking ever seen Game of Thrones. Why is Game of Thrones oh we talked God. about? Why is fucking Kevin Hart in this fucking movie? It's like we know that him and The Rock are best friends. We don't need it in the Fast and Furious franchise. Ryan Reynolds, who I love typically, is so bad in this. He's trying to do the Ryan Reynolds jokes. They're not working. Why is this in a Fast and Furious movie? You're drawing such an arbitrary line. Like, it's really not that much different. No, it is. And, like, The Rock making the whole thing about, like, the, you know, his, it all is just about The Rock. It's, like, the ridiculous third act where they go to the, to Hawaii and do the whole thing. It's, like. Oh, the fourth act? The, the fourth act exactly already and, happened, and they should have ended the film already. exactly. And Idris Elba, who again I love, typically is not um, he's the least memorable villain of the whole thing. It's just at the end of the day, the tone is just as much as Mike. You might say that the last few fasts are like delving into like you know superhero movie territory. This to me. The tone is straight, like, silly comic book in this the whole time. Like, it's more kid-like in this movie than the other movies, in my opinion. And I just, I don't appreciate it. I, I don't like it. I don't like the movie. So, I I, I agree that it is a little bit different tonally. Um, I think a lot of it is, I mean, again, it doesn't, none of these make sense as part of the franchise. Honestly, that's what I think. You know, it doesn't make sense because Hobbs and Shaw made up at the end of the last film. It doesn't make sense because Shaw is an international terrorist and murderer, and now suddenly he's a good guy. I mean, none of that makes sense. I'm with you. But standalone, granted it's still a bad film, but standalone, it, I think it holds up for sure better than Fate of the Furious. And I actually think, I think Vanessa Kirby's character is pretty fucking great. I have to be honest. Like, I think she's she's got the look, she's got the attitude, she's totally convincing in the fight scenes, I think she, I'm trying to decide on the fly if she's a better character than The Rock. Uh, but she's at least the best character since The Rock. Maybe the best character introduced since Too Fast, Too Furious. Bro, she's a good character. It does not forgive the movie. You cannot tell me there's a more memorable, there's not one more memorable scene in Hobbs and Shaw than Fate of the Furious. There's not. I literally have no idea what happens in Fate of the Furious. I just watched it for the second time two days ago. Something about submarines. I don't even know. Oh God, it's bro. so I don't it's so silly. You're I just, have no idea what's even happening. You're too much. You're too much. All right. Bottom line, Hobbs and Shaw is trash. Well, we've we've totally gone off a tangent, but I'm glad we covered the two worst films up front. You are so, one of the worst films, Hobbs and Shaw. That's it. Just taking us back. We've covered Hobbs and Shaw. It's not gonna be on our list. Fate of the Furious is your number five. What is your number five? Wow. What a journey we just went on. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. My number five is 2006's Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. That, wow. Amazing. Amazing. This was a bit of a contentious pick. I wasn't exactly sure what to go with here. But yeah, I watched this one again, and I've always been... I mean, I think pe people now are kind of into Tokyo Drift. It's sort of a cult movie in a sense, but... I was always into it. Um, it's a cool idea for where to take the franchise, especially with no stars, except for the end, which I know you and I have talked about this town, but just for everybody's sake, 
we both forgot the end of this film's cameo in our cameos episode. It's a terrible mistake that we made. Still listen to our cameo episodes, but this would have been on both of our lists. hundred percent. But anyway, besides Vin Diesel there, it's totally new characters. We introduce Han, obviously. Um, and, and this is kind of like, I don't know. It always makes me think of like um, Halloween 3, where like the idea would have been to do like a different film every year that's like totally unrelated. I think mm-hmm. that's like an alternate Fast and the Furious franchise. That would be cool. Obviously, they've roped this one in and Han has become like one of the most beloved characters in the franchise um i you know watching this one back in the last week it definitely could use could use some polishing you know the script is just not very strong it's 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 you can't deny that you know but it doesn't make it any less fun um and i kind of like lucas black's character i guess we're gonna get more of him in f9 he does appear you know, brief, briefly in F7, but I think this is a bit of a smarter movie than people give it credit for. It's lots of fun, cool direction. We bring in Justin Lin, we bring in Han. You know, that's enough for me. Number five. And yo, I will say, I always was not hot on Tokyo Drift. I was one of those people that was like, it's the worst in the franchise. It doesn't have anyone in it. And I got to say that I watched it this week and it is my number six. It, nice. it just missed the list and I considered honestly putting it in. I'd say for me, it's like that and fate of the furious are like right for me, right on like the same level. Um, but I was so impressed by it. Honestly, it was, it was a good movie, a good story. We, it was like, it was such an, it really was such a nice look into the world in a different sort of way. And like, that's where you are introduced to Han, of course, and he's he's one of my favorite characters, at least I know he's one of the fan favorite characters. And it just it sets up so much of help set up sort of the lore of the movies, given that after Tokyo Drift, where Han dies, you then find out in the fourth film, Fast and Furious, that Han is alive and that we haven't gotten to that point in the timeline yet. And so it's like. It was such a point where, like, when are we going to get up to that point where we're at Tokyo Drift? And then, of course, it happens after six and the after credits scene of six. But um, the movie, the cameo by Vin at the end, it's it's really good. Like, it, and it really actually holds up, I think, quite well. I was very surprised by how much it rose in my rankings. Yeah, dude, that's 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 great. I love that because I think I kind of remember you not being high on this film, but it's yeah, it's it's really fun. And it seems like a lot of people like it now, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a great five. I'm really glad it got on your list because I was a little sad to leave it off after how much I enjoyed it this week. Okay. My number four, a film that I actually had a little bit higher prior to the rewatch. And I'd say it dropped a spot, but it's still fantastic. My number four is 2011's Fast Five. Me too. Me too. Amazing. All right, we can tag team this then. Yeah, I mean, this is this is probably the if Fast and Furious, the fourth film, is the one that sets up this new world with all of the OG cast in it. Fast Five, which is the first film with The Rock in it, with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, is uh, definitely the one that. I think made the franchise into 
what it is today, where this elevated from a very, you know, a small film that, you know, the first film that essentially was point break with cars. And now the, the, the crew are like international criminals that help to do insane shit. And in this one, of course, this one's a heist film. This is sort of like Ocean's Eleven meets, I guess, Fast and Furious world. Would you say that's somewhat accurate, Mike? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like you said, I mean, Universal basically exists. I mean, admitted that, you know, we could make a bunch of money making cars, racing cars films, or we could make billions of dollars to having this be an action franchise. And here we go, you know, and then we set up this. This is a heist film, but obviously it goes from there to whatever the other later films are with terrorists, and kidnapping, and guns, and all kinds of crazy shit, right? I mean, that's this one does it all, sets mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. And I love how this one opens up right where four left off, breaking Dom out of prison. And then, um, again, The Rock, as much as, and we won't go deep into this, I've talked about this on other episodes of the, the pod, as much as, I love The Rock and I'm a little bit rubbed the wrong way by how everything's happened with his involvement in the Fast and the Furious franchise. He's an incredible addition to the franchise. He is so good in five through eight. It's just such a beautiful addition to the cast. He just he has these one liners that are so good and he's in the movies just the right amount. And yeah, he kills it in this. And and can we talk, Mike, about the legendary slow mo scene where fucking Dom walks over to the rock on the ground after they just save him from oh, yeah. imminent death, and they have the fucking like where they where they grab each other's like wrists. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, though I will say, and I think I mentioned this to you briefly during the week that I, I actually think the rock is not very good in this. Not that he's bad at what he's doing, but his character has no development until the later movies, starting with six. See, I totally disagree, actually, with you. And I'm not even saying it in a funny way. That's his personality. He's just cop. He just, we don't know anything about him. But here's the thing. For a movie like this, for a movie like Crank, which we love, these over-the-top action films, I don't need for the most part, care. I don't need like a Hobbes character development. It's like, but it becomes a better character. We, we get to find out about him and then it's better. Well, agreed. I'm just saying in five, I didn't necessarily need it because he's new. He's, I felt like they've, in, they introduced him perfectly into it and he comes in. He's this, you know, fucking hard ass cop. He's got some hilarious lines and it just, for me, it was just right. The perfect amount of rock. It's like, there's so many movies, of course, at this point where he's the main character and whatnot. And I think that and hopefully he'll realize this one day. But like, I think that certain films, regardless of how big of an actor you are or become, there's an ensemble cast for a reason. And I feel like he just fits so well into this ensemble and his role, which does grow as the films progress. I think it's such a perfect progression. He is such a fucking fantastic supporting character in these films. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. He's certainly not bad in this movie. Uh, I just, I was, I kind of didn't remember him being as small in this one because he gets bigger as they go in each, in each film. Um, 
third act in this one is great. I think that the real negative, if I had one, is that the the heist stuff, it doesn't really work. And they kind of realize that and they sort of abandon it in later films. Like mm-hmm. they, they joke about how there's no explanation for why. Well, first of all, it just becomes like a boilerplate heist movie. It's like the very same setup as every other film. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we need a tech guy. So now that's going to be ludicrous. Why? Because we just said so. You know, like they don't, it doesn't. It's really awkward. It never really fits. Um, but that's that's kind of it. And then when it actually gets to the sort of post heist with the cars and the safe and all that, um, then it's then it's a good time for sure. I think on my rewatch, what was interesting, the reason that I it might have dropped a spot for me is. I do love and respect that it's the first movie with the rock and that like, this is where they go and change direction fully into these crime films, action movies, which personally I love that. I love the direction they went. I, I am all for it and very happy about it. But so, so that's a nod to that. I think that like Mike said, the heist doesn't fully work. It, isn't as interesting as it sounds and it ends up working out. And like, obviously the, the whole scene with them, with the fucking, you know, with the vault on the back of the cars, it's, it's great. So it is a really fun, well done movie for the most part. But I realized when rewatching that it wasn't, I was slightly less high on it than I thought I was. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's to your number three, I guess. Okay. So, for some reason, I thought, not that I wasn't so hot on this one, but just I thought it was a couple notches lower for me. And it very quickly rose. Even, like, honestly, on any given day, it maybe even could could be two. But, like, we're putting it at three. I'm putting it at three. And that is... 2015's Furious 7. Okay. So, obviously, unfortunately, this is the film where Paul Walker passed away before it came out, and some scenes were not shot yet. His brother stepped in and helped out, and they used some imaging to to work it out. And I believe, I, I could be wrong, I believe this is the highest rated film in the franchise in terms of reviews. It is. So 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, very well regarded. And so when I first saw this, I remembered having a couple problems with it. And all those, I don't really know what I was thinking because I rewatched it and it is truly epic. Like, first of all, the momentum from five to then six to this, I think it was already going to be epic. I, I think that Paul Walker dying... And in a way, even though they obviously chose to continue the franchise, I think in a, it was obviously an ending in a sense because it was closing a chapter on one of the two main characters being a part of it. And they really pull out all the stops and make this as epic as possible. It has so many references to the first film. It introduces Kurt Russell's character, who I get a kick out of personally. Statham's the bad guy in this. Statham's one of my favorite action, you know, action people ever. You have a legendary 
fucking bit, a running bit in the film about, of course, Dom wanting a Corona when Kurt Russell's character, Mr. Nobody, right, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, is uh, trying to convince him to try this Belgian beer. And it's just, it's so good. But yeah, it's just, it's really good. Some of the action sequences, and I think this film of all the films has the best action sequences by far. They've obviously, they've got the ca- the cars going out of the plane. That entire scene, once they're on the ground, and, uh, and Brian running up the truck and like jumping over to yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah awesome. up the bus is so sick there's just there's really good action sequences in this and i thought even though the rock is like banged up and in a hospital bed a lot of the time i think the scenes he is in are like really strong i think everyone everyone's on top of their game in this and just it feels epic all around and i think that the ending how they send Paul Walker's character off. Truly, I don't think any other movie franchise ever could have gotten away with how this worked and how tastefully tasteful it felt. But the way that the characters are all sitting on the beach at the end and they're talking about how it's going to be different, of, of course, because they're referencing re- sort of that Brian, you know, and Mia, they're going to they're out of this life. They're settling down. But of course, they're really talking about that, you know, Paul's gone in real life and and it's and then Dom, you know, he says, you know, he sort of walks away. He's not ready to say goodbye. He's driving on the road and then a car pulls up to him and it's and it's and it's Brian. It's Paul Walker. And you just, you know, you get to see you again, the Wiz Khalifa song, which just there couldn't be a more perfect song for it. You go through the flashbacks of all the all the previous fasts and you know, the, the, the monologue that you hear Vin Diesel say, even though it's like, he's very, I'm like tearing up thinking about it right now. Honestly, I was at my girlfriend, Alex was laughing because not laughing, but like she looked over at me and I literally, I couldn't help. I was crying. I was crying watching it. I was like, how did this not make my top five movies and make me cry? Like I couldn't even help myself. And I've seen the fucking movie multiple times, but it's just I think it's so beautiful how they send him off and how they're just literally talking about Paul in real life. But it just works. It works. It's just it, it's so good. I just unbelievable. I, I like I I like wanted to get up and clap after I watched Furious 7. It was that good. Like it it, it was my let's put it. It was my favorite rewatch of the week because I hadn't seen it as recently as some of the others. And I just couldn't believe how how good it was. Yeah, so this this one just missed my list. Uh, I, the bus sequence is is honestly awesome. Um, it's definitely more fun uh, than Fast and Furious Six, which is one of my lower ones for sure. And I know we'll talk about. I think all the side characters are better than the previous one as well. I mean, first of all, you get you know we see Hector. We're back at Race Wars for a second, which yep. is great. Lucas Black comes in, you know, briefly. You mentioned Kurt Russell. We upgrade from Gina Carano to Ronda Rousey, even though it's super desperate. Still, we get Ronda Rousey. Again, speaking of action sequences, the Dubai shit. Holy shit. Jumping yeah. between the buildings. It's ridiculous. That is fun. Um, Jamin Hunsu, also in this movie. Yes, oh my God. Uh, Tony Ja, which is good. 
Um, I think the laughs at this point in the franchise are just super weak, personally. Oh. You know, they're basically just Tyrese giving one-liners. Tyrese like is not, so not good. That's not very good. Um, oh, you're just wrong. It's a retread of the one before, right? It's just the same movie where the guy's got a brother, so we have to come up with some new shit. Like, And then it's, I don't understand why this movie is all about finding a dude that's in the same room with them all the time. It's really bizarre. Like They didn't even think of the plot through but none of it matters because this is fast and furious and that's that's what they do right apparently you're just not a fan of this franchise you don't no, even no, know what and it's i will about. say you don't even know what just it's about. by the way to demonstrate the ridiculousness completely agree that the jumping from between the buildings is great that's the level of ridiculous that i think is great but this is the one where they just keep crashing cars into each other head-on and because there's no consequences, but it's it so ridiculous. That's part of the hilarity. But like it's, it's them getting out. It needs and to just... be serious. That's where it needs to actually be serious. Like you just need to know when to apply it. So anyway, but this just missed my list. There's a lot of good points to it. A lot of things I don't like, but a lot of good points to it too. And agreed, the ending is you know where it just comes off for Paul. It's just it's just beautiful. And they oh, should have never made any more movies after that to honor his legacy. But of course. You know, the money machine keeps moving. All right. All right. Get to number three. Get to your number three. This fucking guy. My number three is 2009's Fast and Furious. Okay. That was also, let's put it this way. Fate of the Furious, Tokyo Drift, and Fast and Furious are all very close for me. And it the way I sequenced them out, it was my number seven in this, but those those three are all very close for me. I think Fast and Furious is solid. So this is the fourth movie in the franchise, um, you know, which brings everybody back together. Not quite like the levels of five, but brings back kind of the main cast, let's say, from the first one. And what I will say about this movie is that it's terrible. It's really not a good film. But It's really not that. It's really not. No, it's not a good film at all. But it's so trashy in the absolute best way. And like like I always think about the scene where Dom Dom finds out that Brian had set up, you know, Letty where she eventually dies, you know, with the the whole thing that's going on with the drug smuggling. And then they have like the fight and then like he calls it off and then Paul Walker's on the ground still from the fight and he like kicks the table he's just yes. like, i'm sorry Dom. Yes, yes, i'm yes. sorry no it's, this, this one this one <laughs> absolutely terrible acting it's this is by enough. far paul's worst acting in this one yes with terrible. that said we love you paul we love you and absolutely and what that's what's so great about it it's so terrible the entire movie is callbacks you know every line is just a callback to something else they didn't write any script um and it's terrible and it's just great you know just the feeling of going and seeing this, you know, having the main cast back, you know, seeing them all together, reliving the love, you know, like such a beloved franchise that basically, you know, with Tokyo Drift, everybody was like, all right, this thing is dead. Like it's a totally different thing if it does exist. Um, and this one <laughs> just brought it all back. And I just, I love it, but it is not good. I can admit that. Yeah. I'd say that's a really spot on take of it. And that's why it's not like in my five is because it, it, it just like isn't a good movie, but it was, I'll never forget when it came out and I was so excited. Cause it's like, Oh my God, we're getting the cast back. And then I went, I was like, all right, it's like, it was, it's a fun movie. It's not a good movie, but it just felt like for how epic it should be to have them all together. There was like a little something missing. 
And for me, it fully clicked with five. Only pussies run nitro, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. No, there's God. some quality moments in this film. Uh, yeah, but agreed, it doesn't get fully rejuvenated until you bring back all the characters, especially, you know, uh, Tyrese and Ludacris from two, who bring so much levity so to much. the whole thing. But uh, yeah, this one, I just, it always just has a sentimental connection for me. This was my favorite rewatch of the week. Just reliving like how bad it is was just ah incredible. Fantastic. Well, that is a great segue to my number two. Because speaking of truly getting the full cast back together, it really took until this one. My God, it's so goddamn good. 2013's Fast and Furious 6. This movie is fucking amazing. I've watched it so many times. Again, in 4, Letty dies very soon into the movie. She's not in 5. And then, of course, after that epic, which we forgot to mention, after credits scene in five that Eva Longoria is in, where we find out Letty's alive. Do you believe in ghosts? We get Fast and Furious 6, where everyone's in it. Just just a stacked cast full through. Everyone gets their moment to shine in this movie. This movie has, and I will stand by this after this rewatch, the most callbacks to the first movie of any of the movies. Seven gets Race Wars, which is big, but line-wise, six has the most callbacks. And the end of six, of course, the crew gets the OG house back from the first one. Amazing scene there with, of course, The Rock and Tyrese with a little back and forth. The amazing scene with Dom and Hobbs standing like side by side talking yeah, to each like other. Talking at the air behind yes. them. Yes. Never thought I'd trust a criminal. It's just so good. And again, this one has really great action sequences. Probably my second favorite in that regard after seven. And again, all the callbacks, which I could run through, but I won't. But it's it's just that warms my heart. Getting everyone back warms my heart. I love the ridiculousness of like the ending and the plane and Dom driving through the plane. And then, you know, everyone being like, oh, my God, Dom. And like standing there and like, oh, he's dead. And then, of course, he walks from the flames. It, it was just it's it's so much. I was just this is that movie. I was in the theater with everyone opening night, you know, cheering, going nuts and it's just fun through and through. This is at this stage of life. This is what I want the Fast and the Furious films to be about. And oh my god, Ew. and this Ew, is this is it's just so good and so fun and best after credit scene. Of course, we finally get to Tokyo. We find out that fucking Jason Statham killed Han. But he's the hero two movies later, so it's fine. It's fine. Exactly, because who cares? This is what happens. <laughs> just unfucking real when that happens. So you have to understand, You, if you guys have listened to some of the other apps, you know Mike and I, both like Statham, we're massive Crank fans. Crank 2 specifically, High Voltage. And when I saw this in theaters, I had said at one point, like, if Statham ever somehow gets inserted to Fast and Furious movies, like, the world will explode. I had said that. 
no clue that he'd ever be in one. When he shows up in that scene and we were in the theater, I stood up and let out a primal scream because I just didn't. I was like, this is just I've overloaded. I've officially overloaded. I the movie was amazing. I didn't think it could be better. And now Jason Statham just showed up in the after credits scene. And I just I can't handle life right now. Yeah. So this one is it's pretty low on my list. Actually, the second act of this movie is pretty solid. I'll give it that. But I just for me, it's not fun. It's just not much fun at all, to be honest. And and granted, things get crazier over time. How dare you? Really convoluted. Everything is super digital, which some of which they fix in the later movies. Thank God. I mean, that said, all of that leading to the ending of 1327. It's just it's just that 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 one moment is honestly enough. But yeah, this just isn't. I mean, this is where, yeah, from this point on, I'm really not into the franchise very much anymore. And this, yeah, this is why. Oh, my God. This is just, this hurts my soul, Mike. You know, like, this this hurts. This hurts. Can I tell you why? Because we're both over-the-top action guys. And it's like, this is, this is, oh, this is the most quality over-the-top action of them all, in my opinion. It's Good just Lord. so That's ridiculous, so fun. It's it, oh, I love how every character sort of has their subplots in this and like Ludacris and Tyrese are amazing in this one. I mean, they're awesome in all of them, but I really like them in this one. And you've got, of course, you've got Han and um, and Giselle, you know, Mia's fully in this one. And the Rock is in this one the perfect amount. I'm a big fan. I think if you're into the direction that the Fast and the Furious movies go, I think this is the one. I think it's the perfect amount of like comedic lines, but still keeping a semi-serious tone to the film. I think this one hits the tone the best of any of them in that regard where the series went. Out of like five, six, seven, eight, I think this one hits that the perfect tone. I wish they all could be this tone going forward. Well, look, you mentioned that it's fun and it's ridiculous and... Tyrese and Ludacris are are great. And what you're actually describing is my number two pick, which is 2003 is Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, my God. This one is. Oh, dude. The rewatch. Besides Hobbs and Shaw, this is my least favorite. It's bad. It's bad. How dare you? It is bad. How dare you? It may even be worse in some ways than Fast and Furious, but. God, dog, do I love this movie. I mean, for, you just mentioned already that it introduces two of the best characters of the franchise. I'll right give you that. I'll give you that. And I even, dude, I even like Suki. I, I wonder what Suki's up to these days. I mean, she, you get James Rebar in there. You get Ava Mendez brought in, Cole Hauser. I'm into all of these people. I'm into John Singleton, as you know. Man, so many fucking laughs in this one. Honestly, of rewatching, this is the one that, I may go to the well the most often. It's the easiest watch for me. Um, it's because it's just so light. There's just never any real like danger to it, which is what makes it not that great of a film. But man, Tyrese is incredible. He's just so good in this. And they, the chemistry he has with Paul Walker is great. I love where they first meet each other. Um, you know, they get there with the FBI agent and then they just have a fight. And he's like, you fight like shit. You fight like shit, Rome. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and then Tyrese with Cole Hauser, where he just keeps taunting him, and he's like, "Hey, you will be taking my cutter." <laughs> and then it just gets so silly, but like they have all the cars that join them, and it's like this whole movement led by Ludacris. Then of course they steal the money at the end. You know, pockets ain't empty, cause I can't even tell you how many times I said that in college. Um, this one's just so much fun. It's so much fun, and it's and it becomes so important because all these people come back. You know, I'm glad we get the Brian follow up to one, and then we get all the characters back um, later on. So. Big, big fan of Too Fast, Too Furious. Look, it's an important film for the for the lore <clears throat> to get us, you know, to where we are. But oh, man, I'll give you that Tyrese is good, but I don't know, man. This one just doesn't do it for me. Like Cole Hauser, eh, he's all right. Like Eva Longoria, eh, she's all right. It's Eva Mendes, uh, and. <laughs> Did I fuck that up earlier too when talking about? Uh, I don't know. We might have. Doesn't matter. I fucked up, but um, I did fuck up. I think even, but even Mendez, like, oh man, I don't know. This one just doesn't totally do it for me. It's it's, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Look, I'll say this: of the true Fast and Furious movies, so not counting Hobbs and Shaw, none of them are bad for me. I enjoy them all. But this one, I have to say, I enjoy the least. Well, here's what I'll say. I don't know how we did this entirely not planned, but we are officially going to cover every movie. I know. That's actually because unbelievable. That's there's unbelievable. only one movie we haven't talked about, and it is clearly both of our number ones. I mean, there's just there was never a doubt that it would be. And that is 2001's The Fast and the Furious. Wow, this is incredible. I can't believe that that worked out. <laughs> Me either. Because <laughs> you like all the trash movies of the franchise. <laughs> I mean, it's the OG. It's the best. It's the only movie that is truly... I don't want to say a good movie, because I honestly think some of the later ones are good movies, but they're diff- they're different movies. The Fast and the Furious, if they never made another film, it's just like a standalone solid like movie about street racing and about this story between, you know, with, with these two guys. And it's just, it's, it started it all to this day. It's so fun to, to, to watch It's This is the one I've watched the most. Six is the one I've watched the second most, but um, yeah, it never gets old. I, this, this week too, it was just so fun and it's a great introduction to to Brian O'Connor, to Dominic Toretto, to the crew, to race wars, to street racing, and everything works for me in this movie. From the shitty tuna sandwich that Brian orders for Mia, to Vince calling Brian the Busta. Busta, Busta, bro, me back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was hoping you were going to say that when I said that. A buster kept me out of handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, the, of course, the love of Corona starts in this film. It's just, yeah, Mike, you talk about it a bit. It's just, it's such a good movie. So I, I the thing about it is like, and we've talked about it on the pod before, so I won't belabor the point, but I actually think that this is a really good film. I just think there's, 
you know, you're saying the character development doesn't matter as much in the later ones, but but in this one, it's there. The thing is, the first two movies, number one and two on my list, is where all the character development happens, um, and that's what makes any of the later ones work to the extent that they do. Um, but yeah, it's they get so many unique characters with their personalities. I feel like I know the entire family. I feel like they really do love each other. I feel like I understand, you know, their motivations for doing everything. Um, you know, you get, obviously it's, it's point break. There's that, that plot line, which, you know, point break is one of the greatest films ever. So ever. it is what it is, but give me that plot line with anything and it, I'm going to watch it. Exactly. Um, you know, and then it's hard, hard to even talk about, but I mean, Jesse, man, oh. Jesse's death still hurts to this day. To this day. When I watch this film. It kills me. And, and, you know, we talked about it, we talked about it earlier. The only one who's in the same situation as Jesse Zvitz, he gets to come back exactly once, and that's it. Things don't really work out. You no. Know? Everybody else just gets carried over. I mean, Jordana Brewster has absolutely no involvement in the later films whatsoever, but she's still there. Mm-hmm. She's still getting a paycheck, and she's going to be an F9 somehow. I'm curious so, how they're going to explain that one. Yeah, but this is – I really do think a lot gets done in this film. It's just a – it's kind of an obvious idea that no one did before. Took over – like everybody our age was obsessed with this movie. So many, it just was a phenomenon. And, uh, oh, I forgot Ja Rule is in this one. Also, did you yeah. know that Ja Rule was offered Ludacris's part for the second one? Wait, really? Yeah, and he turned it down. Well, thank God, because now we have Ludacris in all these movies. Uh, but yeah, Monica, incredible. This is just a, God damn, this is actually just a good, good fucking film. It is. And of, of course, the boys at the end with the race through Los Angeles. It's just, oh, yeah. it's so good with the, you know, going with the train and it's incredible. So good. Incredible. It's so, so good. It's got to be the best. I mean, there it is. We literally hit every film. Uh, I guess let's just, should we just recap our five just to be clear since we've talked about all of them? Yeah. So my five is number five, The Fate of the Furious. Number four, Fast Five. Number three, Furious Seven. Number two, Fast and Furious 6. And number one, The Fast and the Furious. Some five, Tokyo Drift. Four, Fast Five. Three, Fast and Furious. Terrible title, by the way. Two, Two Fast, Two Furious. And one, obviously, The Fast and the Furious. Amazing. And that's all of them. I that's mean, all of them. It. If you listen to this episode, you're ready for F9. Yes. I love how while we disagree on so much, we absolutely agree that the OG is the best. Yes, which makes no sense given the rest of your list, but I'll allow it because you, like I said, you're a fast apologist, and I love I'm it. I am not an apologist. That's what every apologist would say. No, <laughs> no, they the first movie is just a quality movie. Then there's a you know the next movie isn't very good. The third one is actually pretty solid. It's just hard to accept at first because it's totally different. The fourth again isn't very good, but you get the whole cast. Then they become just fun, over-the-top action movies. And it's like, what is more enjoyable than that when you're at a point where you've gotten the development you're going to get on these characters? Just give me fucking fun shit and make me laugh. And that's what it does. Well, there you go. From Justin, just give me fucking fun shit. Exactly. And F9, like you said, now everyone should be prepared. They might go to space, people. We joked about it forever. I feel like it might actually happen in this one. It looks like from the preview they're going to space. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. It sounds like The done. Rock won't be in this one. I think the behind-the-scenes drama. replaced him with John Cena, though. Oh, yeah, exactly. The it, it really is a shame. I just want to say, like, we won't get into the whole nitty-gritty again of, like, what our feelings on it, but it, it really is a shame that these guys all kind of, you know, Vin Diesel and The Rock couldn't work out their differences, and now he's not going to be in it. It's like... When they're all together, it really does work well. And I'm sad that he's not going to be in it. I hope maybe they can figure it out and get him in maybe the 10th one. But we're getting Han back somehow. Somehow, which I wish they didn't give away in the trailer. But of course, you know, yeah. money. They want to get people the to the answer theater. to all your questions about Fast and the Furious is money. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, but goddamn, do I love this series. It's a treasure. It may not, you know, there's so many series that critically are better, but especially for a guy that just loves ridiculous action films, this one just is, it's one of the few franchises that I will be there Thursday, opening weekend, first showing, no matter what. Already have my 7 p.m. IMAX tickets to CF9 on June 24th. They're just so fun to see with a with a with a crowd, and yeah, I I highly recommend the Fast and the Furious series to everyone. And if if you're listening for whatever reason, and you're you're not deep on the series, maybe you haven't seen them all. I I hope that this episode encourages you to watch them because they're they're very fun. And fun is the word. Fun's the key word this week. I've said it probably fifty times. We need a counter. We need a counter. So yeah, if. Uh, just to cycle back on all things top fives and deep dives. If you'd like to join our Patreon, we have a link on our social medias. So on Instagram at top fives and deep dives, Twitter at top dives. Of course, if you want to email us for any reason, you can do that. Top fives and deep dives at gmail.com. And yeah, if you'd like to support the Patreon, we're forever grateful. If not, something you could do for free that would really help us out is if you hopped onto Apple podcasts and gave us a five star rating and just wrote up a really quick review it would take 30 seconds, helps us get noticed. And, uh, we really appreciate any and all support. Thanks for listening guys. We'll see you next week. And just remember, always live your life a quarter mile at a time, ride or die. Top fives and deep dives without a PTM. 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 My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese, followed by Quentin Tarantonius. Hobbs never would have fucking ever seen Game of Thrones.